I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I'm Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we have a very interesting episode. We're going to be talking about EMF radiation. Now, this is something that I've been wanting to discuss for a very long time because it is a very, very hot topic, especially with the kind of lifestyle that we're leading right now, the kind of options that we have. And it's critical for us to understand what are the habits that we can put in place to overcome these obstacles going ahead. What are the things that we can do to minimize our EMF exposure. And we have an expert with us today. We're going to be talking to Justin Franson. Justin, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Ashton, thank you so much for having me on. Very, very excited to have this conversation because it is such an explosive topic, right? There are so many different angles and viewpoints to EMF radiation. But Justin, can you quickly tell the audience a little bit about yourself? How did you get into all of this? Yeah, so 25 years ago, I started athleticism.com. I'm an athleticism performance coach. I do nerve work for sports performance and tree concussions. And I saw our athletes breaking down from EMFs about a decade ago. And that's when I knew I had to get involved with it. And even prior to then, I was the last guy to get a cell phone. I got had a year where I was really sick and I slept, uh, my dorm room was outside of a uh, transformer and for telephone lines. And then I had an incident where I was working as an internship and I got stuck at the copy machine for weeks on end. And I would pull papers off the x-ray machine and my fingertips would burn. And so years later, I've developed nerve pain when I touch a touch screen and I feel the younger generation will have that same thing. When they're on that for 30 years, their nerves are going to wear out and they're going to have nerve pain as well. So put all these pieces of the puzzle together and knew I had to lean in on looking at the differences between us and the non-native electromagnetic fields. So there was this personal experience that drove you to learning more information and finding out about what's actually happening here. And and you mentioned these two things. You mentioned native and non-native EMFs. What are those? Well, the native EMFs are ones that we're one with and that we rev on and we're built on and we're one with the universe and we're made with the same type of a wave form. We call it a scalar wave. It's a wave that distributes equally in every direction. It's not a one-directional wave that the man-made ones are. And so they're completely, totally different waves. And one of the best examples, Ashton, that I could use is if I drop a pebble in a pond, does the splash of the waves and the waveforms go in a straight line to the right or to the left or up or down? No, it distributes equally in every direction. And that's the framework for our entire universe are unpolarized waves that distribute equally in every direction. But the kind of stuff that we have right now artificially created is what? They're all one directional or they don't work. So that's why when you see cell towers, they have panels facing every single direction because they have to point in those directions or they can't pick up a signal that way. So they're one directional waveforms or they don't work and they're 10 zeros faster than how we sleep rev and optimize. So they're the polar opposite charge. We're actually, well, we are positive and negative, but they're polarizing to us 
they're one directional and they're 10 zeros faster than how we sleep, rev and optimize. And Justin, taking probably one step back, what is an EMF and how would you explain it to somebody who has no clue? Yes, Ashton, electromagnetic fields are EMFs and they can be native or non-native. And we were really raised with these native ones that and kind of splashed in the non-natives. But before 1889, it was all native waveforms. So 130 years ago, really, that was the first time we introduced electricity into our homes. And they called the flu at that time the flu because it would fly in and fly out with solar flares or cosmic shifts, atmospheric pressure shifts. And not until we brought a one directional waveform into our homes was the flu here to stay. So EMFs can be just amazing because that's the resonance of our, our universe. That's how we charge. That's how we get our polarity. That's how we ground and get grounded by nature. That's how we communicate and see and that light, sound, frequency, vibration. They're all based on native electromagnetic fields and waveforms and mostly the framework of a scalar wave. That's the framework of those waveforms. Now, these one directional ones, they're just meant for communication, essentially. And so they're, they're literally one direction and it's just taxing on our body in an array of different ways. So not all EMFs are bad. That is the big thing to take away, that there are EMFs that are good and we require EMF. Yes. Everything has an electromagnetic field and resonance. We, we ourselves are electromagnetic beings, but we just don't do well with a different waveform. And we think we do. We're like, oh, bring on 5G, bring on smartwatches, bring on wireless earbuds. Well, that's radiation directly on your wrist. That's localized radiation in your inner ear with an airway canal directly to your brain. That If it's an electric car, that's sitting on a massive battery. Nowhere in any health foot, Ashton, have they ever said that sitting on a massive battery is good for you. It's just not. It's a completely different resonance, causes a vibration that affects our cellular health. And these are things that can be measured. These are things that can be felt. How do we actually see that this stuff is happening to us? Because I talk to people and they're like, I feel perfectly fine. Nothing's wrong with me. So, you know, where is the tangible aspect of something like this? Well, it's a great question. And it's measured by the speed of a waveform, Ashton. The milligauss and magnetic resonance are about 50 to 60 hertz or waves per second. So you can go get a milligauss meter and that's what it's gonna measure, that speed of that wavelength. Then you can get a dirty electricity meter at stetzerelectric.com, S-T-E-T-Z-E-R, stetzerelectric.com. And you can plug it in the wall and measure your amps to the volts and any static or sparking in the line. And that measures the speed of a wave at 4,000 to 100,000 waves per second. Then you have a dirty electricity. Oh, that's a dirty electricity. Then you have an acoustometer, which would be all the wireless signals that measure 50 million to billions of waves per second. So we can quantify these off of meters because they're designed to measure the speed of those waveforms. And we could quantify our own brain states with, you know, EEGs, you know, know, all the different systems and modalities to measure your brain, EKG, uh, measure your heart and all. And 
you have a heart attack, they give you electricity. So we can measure the brainwave state, though, is, is one or below one to eight hertz or waves per second when we're sleeping. So we operate in the Schumann resonance, the healing pulse of the earth, 7.83 hertz or waves per second. So we can measure a non-native resonance, and then we, like our body, like the earth, and we can measure the one-directional resonances, and we rev really one with the universe when we're sleeping and performing or when our athletes are in a flow state, when they're performing, they can't miss. They call Everyone knows of it as being called, you're in the zone. That's an alpha brainwave state of 8 to 12 or 13 hertz or waves per second. So we rev really one with the earth. Have you noticed the difference in your athletes after putting them on certain protocols with EMF? Oh, yes. Well, the first one that I mentioned was one of the strongest, fittest endurance athletes came through. He was wearing wearable technology, a smartwatch on his wrist. And he said, hey, Justin, my wrist is really bothering me. I have pain in it. And then my arm's really weak. So I looked down and I said, take the radiation off your wrist. And he's like, what? It's just a watch. I'm like, yeah, but it's a wireless router on your wrist. He had, he had no concept of it. Well, the pain went away right away. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't know. You know, most people wear their watches. We've gotten accustomed to, at least I did when I was growing up, you wear a watch all the time. It was kind of like your security blanket back then. It was, it was the cell phones of old, I feel. And then, so he didn't know what it was like to not have a watch on. And then his arm function restored relatively quickly as well. You know, this is so true. I remember, like you said, the cell phones of that generation. I used to have a watch with me every time I sleep, have a bath with it. And when I got a smart watch, I was like, wow, I can wear this everywhere. And I did, I think, for two years. And I recently, I think half a year ago, I decided that I'm moving back to all our analog watches and uh -huh. coming back to the old ones because I realized that why am I actually wearing this on my wrist, like you rightly said. And it's just there constantly with you, right? It's just a constant burst that is taking place. It is. They're always looking to track and pull information from you. And then people look to it to tell them how they feel. And we want to get out of a meta universe. You know, that's not where we want to go, where we have computers that are telling us everything about us, how you feel, how you slept, how many steps you took, when to eat. You got to connect to God and know how you feel and know how great of a workout you had. Intuitively, listen to your body, not have a device tell you about your body. So there's a lot more on top of this whole topic. It's taking me down that trail. But Ned is, we love technology. We just have to figure out how to coexist with it. And the easiest way to do it is to create a coherence between us and them and get grounded by nature and, and really learn about proximity protocols. Because at the end of the day, this stuff isn't great for our health. It's just really convenient, but it's not great for us. It's not optimal for fertility or health, or if you're healing or, you know, pregnancy, like even, you know, during pregnancy, all that. Got to keep this at a distance. You know, you said some few things in passing that I want to pick up on. How do we live in harmony with this technology, right? You're like, there's one way, which is I'm packing everything up. I'm going to go and stay in the jungle. We don't want to do that. Right? Technology is there to help us to a certain extent. And we love technology. It makes our life easier. How do we live in harmony with it? How are you doing this? How are you guiding people on this? 
Well, we want to understand that first off is to understand the difference between us and that. So we kind of explain that already. We're made on waves that are unpolarized. They're one directional. So once we can do that, then we can get a meter to identify the different stressors around us. And once we've identified those stressors, if you can't tell like a smart meter on a home is challenged, get a meter and point it at it. And it'll, the radio frequency meter will start screaming off the charts every seven to 15 seconds. So there are great ways to identify an automated gas and electric meter called a smart meter. And in the States, we can opt out of them because it's like having a cell tower in your home and we can opt out of them for privacy reasons, not for security reasons. But anyhow, you want to identify the stressors. And once you do that, then you start to establish proximity protocols, Ashton. So you never want to have your head of a bed on the other side of a smart meter, or you don't want a router in your room, or you can have your electricity in your bedrooms turn off at night, have a timer, an outlet timer for your router. So that turns off at night. And then all your devices are in the other room and they're charged at night and they're all on airplane mode or in a Faraday bag, or they're just off. So you want to get the resonance of your home as close as you can to the resonance of the the universe, of the earth, of that Schumann resonance at at 7.83 hertz. So you can get into those deeper brainwave states for REM patterns, rapid eye movements, for lucid dreams, for really being able to deep sleep and heal and recover. So if I break this down, the first step is to identify all the aspects of your life that have this EMF radiation coming to you from, correct? That would be step one. And then figuring out how you can turn these things off when you don't need them so that you can then live, you know, as close to nature as possible. Justin, can we make a big list of all the things that you've discovered that have EMF and, and what are the habits that you've created around them or the habits that you tell people? Like right at the top, what is the worst thing that is damaging all of us? And then we come down to the tiniest thing. Well, interesting enough, Dr. Martin Paul out of Washington State University identified that the voltage-gated calcium channels open up with low-level EMFs and high-level. So the worst to lower gets a little murky because they're still selling DNA damage. It's an oxidative stress. And even with that, with positive calcium going into a negative cell and having stress in your body, we're getting at a low level radiation. I feel we're more resilient with that. And it's going to take a longer period of time to affect us. If, uh, if you have lower milligoss, obviously, the faster the waveform, the more challenging. And ironically, they made the cell phones and routers at 2.45 gigahertz or 2.45 billion waves per second. That's the same bandwidth that starts to destructure water. So if we're destructuring our water, we're dehydrating our environment and our bodies And then anything faster on that is causing even more chaos will be an oxidative stress and calcify our pineal gland. We won't be able to get really good sleep. And then our governments have really set procedural levels of what's ionizing versus non-ionizing. So they said 
in the US, they said in 1996, if there's a thermal effect, then that's an ionized radiation, that's too much for us to handle. But if there's no temperature increase in our body, like a microwave would do, then this stuff's okay. That's where we're drawing a line in the sand. But so much technology's changed from 1996. So then they haven't changed those protocols and they keep ratcheting it up, ratcheting it up, ratcheting it up with no regard to you know, the new studies that have come out on that. So it's a tricky question to answer, but at the end of the day, I feel you really want to look at cleaning up the electricity in your home as best as you can. Definitely no dirty electricity because that seems like a really sporadic cancer cluster causing bandwidth where we've seen a lot of it with dirty electricity, solar panels, they haven't figured out how to ground those. So there's lots of static of those. The new LED lights, lots of static in the line from that as well. Electric cars, 18% lower testosterone for guys. When you're in an electric car. 18% lower testosterone driving an electric car. That's what our studies show, which is unbelievable. And you know, you're sitting on a massive battery and then you're inside a you know aluminum or metal in capsule. So you're literally, you're getting radiated at crazy levels. And then in all new cars in the US too, uh, the front dashboard is high milligauss and then the whole thing self-driving. So electricity is just all three at the highest level. At least a, a regular car, you don't, you're not sitting on a big battery. So then you go into all the cell phones and the routers in your homes, and then the cell towers outside of people's homes, those are devastating. You never, ever want to be in a direct line of the cell tower and think that you're going to have sustained health. You're going to break down most likely within a few years, depending on your age and how strong you are. The majority of the people will start to have major health complications in a short period of time with that strong of a signal at that close of a proximity. So it really boils down to proximity protocols with a lot of stuff. And the further you can have your cell phone away from you when you're on it, the better. And then corded earbuds. Corded headphones. Yeah, corded headphones, yeah. All right, we're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break. Welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Let's continue. You said you were the last person to get a cell phone, right? But I'm sure you get athletes, you get clients that come and say that, you know, I've been living my life with technology all the time. What are five of the key habits that you would tell them that have made a big difference in their life from an EMF point of view? Lose the electric car, number one. Never drive one. Hmm. Number two... Put your phone on speaker mode and talk with it on speaker and have corded earbuds if you're going to do that. Number three, turn your router and all devices off at night. And number four, here in the U.S., convert your smart meter to analog. Opt out of it. It's $75 one time, extra $10 a month to do that. And that is going to allow you to start to sleep. And the fifth thing is is to get grounded by nature every single day as much as you can connect to the resonance of what we were designed 
to be in as often as you can. And, and when you can get outside, touch a tree, go barefoot, jump in a body of water, have a picnic on a lawn, get outside, really, really important. And then when you're inside, our EMF rocks, grounding bags, our hand mine crystals, and that is just like bringing the resonance. It is just bringing the resonance of the earth into your home. So we equate it to walking barefoot in a bag and you're bringing that resonance to your home, to your bed, so you'll sleep three to 50, 60% deeper. Do grounding mats work, the ones that you plug into the walls, etc.? I feel they have some grounding effect. I'm not a fan of plugging something into the grid to ground it. I feel no one does it better than Mother Nature directly. So when we can come in direct contact out going through an electrical outlet to do it, we're going to have a much better result. So even though you're, people are saying, oh, well, it's a grounding outlet and it goes right to the ground. Well, it's still in the grid and it's still going through electricity and still connected to everything. It's really tough to keep that thing that good for your own benefit, for a health benefit. It might be okay for the wires and such, but to do that or to have a man-made device, Ashton, I like to equate it to GMO food. I don't like eating genetically modified food. I like having food that is natural, that's fresh, that has very few ingredients in it. There's not bad oils in it. So that's the the big deal that we want to really understand. Interesting, because I've put grounding mats like at my workstation, I have them down so that when I'm working, at least some contact is taking place here and I have it on my bed. So I'll, I'll look into this aspect of it. You know, it was so funny, Justin, especially staying in a heavily populated city like Bombay. I got one of those EMF meters, you know, those little orange things that go beep, 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 beep when they're close to something. And that thing wouldn't turn off. It was just in the red zone, no matter where I would take it in my in my house. And it was so interesting seeing just the amount of, it's almost become native EMF because that's what you're staying in constantly. It's like an EMF soup that you're in here. And how do you start protecting yourself against, like you would switch off your router, but like your neighbor will have their router on and, you know, you're going to constantly be bombarded by these things. Well, there's ways to really start to develop protocols and you might have close proximity. So get in same brainwave state with your neighbors and say, hey guys, let's put these on timers when we're not sleeping, let's have them turn off so we can get less resonance. Like start to educate your friends and your family. And, or you can get, if there's something on one wall, if if they have all their electricity on one wall, put EMF paint on that wall and deflect it the other way and then got to load up on the grounding bag. So you're already have that awareness and already taking steps to learning, doing grounding as best as you can. And that's great. Now let's step it up with the, a lot of the good and the resonance of the earth and the, you know, the grounding bags, like these things, Mm. that's where we can do it in the house Uh, other than turning your stuff off. So it's not right in your bedroom or right in the proximity, talking to the neighbors and having them shut it down. Having, uh, I, I don't know how you're set up, but we we have an override switch on our electrical panel. So we can actually have the electricity turn off at night in our bedrooms. 
So there's a lot of ways we can do it. And, and I, I just would have to kind of visit your environment and, and see to how to cue you in on the, the best way to do it. It's very interesting, the kinds of things that you can do with this. When you're walking around, what is your cell phone at? Do you put your cell phone on airplane mode? Do you put it on what kind of EMF is it producing at that point of time? Yeah, so I have an older one. It's 4G. I won't go to the 5G. I'm stuck on the 4G ones. And and I have a mini grounding bag. So we have the full size and then we have the mini. I put the mini in my pocket, Ashton. And I put my phone on the outside of it. So there's a buffer between my phone and my, my femur when it's in my pocket. So I do have it on a lot in my pocket, but I have a grounding bag in my pocket. So I've How do the grounding bags work? What, what are they there? Uh, what's inside? Yeah, so the grounding bags are the way that we can coexist with this stuff and create a coherence, a balance. And you could test the body and how you sleep. You can test mold or, or pH. You can test muscle tests to applied kinesiology. But these products test unbelievably well for creating that coherence. And they're hand-mined crystals. It's literally the resonance of the earth in a bag. For those that want to see it, that's what it looks like inside the bag. Just beautiful okay. pink crystals. And this nature's way of, of protecting us. And we call them coiloid crystals because they've been compressed from an underground water source. They have moisture and magnetic properties. And it's a moisture with the magnetic that makes them far different than shungite or amethyst or black tourmaline, all the other known crystals that have magnetic resonances. So ours, when you have more of them, when you have five together, they clear 2000 square feet. You have one in your bed, you'll sleep, you know, 60% better up to depending on how compromised your sleep is. When you carry these around, it protects one person alone. So if you have your phone on you, you're good. You're, you're not having that stressor, you know, bothering your energy field. Very interesting. Justin, I have loved this conversation with you on EMFs because I think it's so, so critical for us to at least understand what these invisible things around us are. Um, Justin, how can people get in touch with you? How can people continue this conversation with you? Thank you, Ashton. EMFrocks.com, athleticism.com. It's spelled athleticism.com. Those are the two websites. Athleticism has all our curated health products from water structuring devices to MCT oils to the grounding bags, Faraday bags. So all the EMF protection, everything's on both those sites. And and yeah, that's where you can find us on Instagram at EMF Rocks and at Athleticism Neurostacking as well. And we do lots of Zooms. There's lots of doctors sharing the same information all across the country. Our grounding bags are one of the leading natural EMF protection products sold through doctor clinics. And so I'm on the phone every day talking with doctors for the last several years. So MDs to chiropractors to naturopaths. So that's why I'm kind of really well versed to speak on a lot of different health topics and understand that all these guys do all day is work on flushing toxicity out of their patients so that they can heal. And the EMFs now are the new biggest one that all of their patients are being affected with. Amazing. Lovely. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. I absolutely love this conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Ashton. My pleasure. 
If you like this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. Also, give us a rating. It really helps with people discovering the podcast. If you like podcasts like this, check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can also watch all the episodes on the Habit Coach Awesome One Eighty YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. You can also reach out to me. I am Ashton Doc at Twitter and Instagram. You can connect with me on my website, awesome180.com. You can also check out my two new books, Change Your Habits, Change Your Life, and the second, The Book of Good Habits for Kids. I am Ashton Doctor, your habit coach.